So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And it's the 22nd of April. It's the fourth Sunday in Easter. And as usual, help me to present, present this program uh, this morning. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thanks a lot for joining me this morning, Shane. And this, as I said, the fourth Sunday in, uh, of Easter, and the fourth Sunday after Easter, and uh, it's the 22nd of April. Delighted to welcome again, as usual, uh, those people who continue to listen to us each week, both locally and in various venues around the world. Uh, you're very welcome, especially those people who are sick, those people who are looking for some hope, looking for some encouragement um, each Sunday morning. We hope that you get it. We pray that you get it. We've asked the Holy Spirit before we start the program each each Sunday morning to stay with us and uh, help us to say what the, really what the Holy Spirit wants us to say. Um, this program, of course, uh, goes out as a repeat again tonight uh, on West Limit One or Two local radio at eleven p.m. And a podcast of this program is available on our blog our website, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And again, we thank Shane for putting up so much information on that, which includes, of course, as we said, um, the various programs that we've produced over the last number of years. In fact, uh, the second part of our program this morning will include an interview that we had with Father Chris O'Donnell from the Limic Diocese way back in April the 29th, Shane, 2012. We're still going. Six Indeed, indeed, John. And one of the reasons why I suggested that we put that interview up uh, was the fact that Father Chris was doing a reflection on vocations, because Vocation Sunday, because today is, is Good Shepherd Sunday, but also because it's just to show the sacred space was ahead of the curve when we had uh, an interview with our own Father Chris uh, before he became famous. As people might have <laughs> seen, he was on uh, television during the week. Uh, um, and, and that was a response, of course, to the whole thing about the, 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 the reaction to him being uh, appointed uh, for 12 months in Dublin and the whole Twitter campaign to keep him, to keep Father Chris in Limerick. Uh, but, of course, he'll be coming back to Limerick. He'll be coming back to serve in Limerick after his 12-month stint in, in Dublin where he's working on helping to draft the new uh, religious education curriculum. But so, yeah, so that's what we have this morning, John. Yeah, Father Chris certainly gave us a very inspiring um, reflection. So we'd invite people to stay with us in part two. And of course, in part three of the program, as usual, we will read and reflect on the gospel for this morning. But in the meantime, if you want to contact the station at all during the week, um, 69 the telephone number, you can email me, uh, and that's in sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And if you have any requests at all in terms of if there's anybody you'd like us to interview, to chat with in, uh, around any various topics of faith, please do give us an email um, or leave a message maybe for us at the radio station in Newcastle West. Uh, that's Sacred Space 102, uh, local community radio, Station Road, Newcastle West, County Limerick. We're open to even to answer any sort of questions or queries that people might have. There's, there's some people we know, and from time to time, if we ask questions that we can't answer ourselves, we'll certainly go to the people who know about them and relay them back to our listeners, who mightn't be able to have that contact at all. But, uh, as usual, every Sunday morning, Shane shares with us the saints for the week. These are saints who have gone before us, example for ourselves to live our lives. Shane, who do you have with us for us this week? 
Right, John. So, of course, um, we're still in Easter tide, so still in Easter season. And it's the fourth week of Easter that we have this week. And for those that are praying the Psalter, that is means we're on week four of the Psalter. So, in terms of celestial guides, John, a couple of um, interesting ones, I suppose, this week. The first one is a saint that's very popular in the part of the world I'm in at the moment, and that is St. George. Uh, very much a saint who we are not sure actually whether George existed or not. He's one of these saints that has a question mark attached to him, but he's still very popular, was venerated as a soldier saint at Lida in the Holy Land, where he was probably martyred around the year 300. And he's the patron saint of England. Um, um, whereas St. Edward the Confessor is the patron saint of the royal family. There's, you know, for England's patron saint is St. George. The patron saint of Wales, of course, is St. David. And St. Andrew is the patron saint of Scotland. So George's feast day is on Monday, uh, the 23rd of April. We don't know a whole lot about George, but he's generally depicted in iconography and religious art as uh, a knight or a soldier riding a, uh, a horse and uh, uh, killing um, a dragon or uh, an evil-looking serpent kind of creature, representing, of course, uh, the devil himself. Speaking of which, the devil himself got an awful telling off during the week. Pope Francis has been talking about him and clarifying the fact that he did not say that hell does not exist, as was reported by some Italian papers a couple of weeks ago, just in case people were hearing or reading about that. So, uh, yeah, Pope Francis, Pope Francis has been giving the, uh, giving the devil uh, a right tongue lashing uh, during the week. Then, moving on to the, um, the 24th of April, we're looking at the feast day of a guy called St. Fidelius of Sigmargium. Now, this guy is associated with Switzerland, um, he was a lawyer, a philosophy teacher. Uh, his feast day is the 24th of April. And he dis abandoned his legal career and he became a priest. And in to be precise, he became a Franciscan. He ch and he gave away his wealth to the poor and he served uh, particularly much... Uh, he led a group of Capuchins to preach to the Calvinists in Switzerland. Uh, this was around the time of the Reformation. Um, he, however, was martyred eventually for his preaching. Now, eventually, uh, initially, his preaching was quite successful and peaceful, and there was a lack of violence. Unfortunately, he was martyred for his preaching, and he died in 1622 on the 24th of April, which is when we celebrate his feast day. So that's who we have on the 24th of April. On the 25th of April, now, it's a feast day. It's the celebration of St. Mark, the Evangelist, the writer of the Gospels, associated very much with St. Peter, uh, the tradition holds that the accounts of Mark is the, is the tradition of St. Peter, the, the, the story that, or not the story, but the account that St. Peter would relay. Very much um, also associated with Paul and also with St. Barnabas. His gospel was probably written at Rome when he was there with Paul and is traditionally viewed as representing, as I said, St. Peter's preaching. Um, his symbol, of course, is the winged lion, and he's very much associated with the with the city of Venice, uh, and that is the tradition of uh, of uh, that's the, the symbol of Venice is, is the winged lion holding a book. And if you're ever looking at symbols of the four four evangelists, say for example in the Book of Kells, or maybe they're represented on the the ambo at, or the lectern in, in church, the lion with the wings that's Saint Mark. Um, in terms of, in terms of, uh, he, some people believe he was the young man who ran away when Jesus was arrested and left his linen garment in the hands of the, the soldiers. Uh, we don't know. We're not sure. 
uh, is associated very much with preaching in Cyprus and, of course, is very much associated with the city of Alexandria in Egypt and is associated there with establishing the church there so that the bishops of Alexandria are regarded as being the successors of St. Mark. And even then, even in the Coptic tradition, the Coptic Pope, that is the, the Pope of Alexandria in the Coptic tradition, is, is regarded as sitting in the Sea of St. Mark. Uh, so that he's associated very much with Alexandria in Egypt, and his feast day is the 25th of April. Then on the 26th of April, which is Thursday next week, we have the feast day of Our Lady of Good Counsel. Now, there's a couple of feast days on the 26th, but I picked this one out in particular. Now, people will be saying, ah, Our Lady of Good Counsel, why is that ringing a bell? Now, that will ring a bell if people are familiar with the Augustinian Church in Limerick City on O'Connell Street. Because the shrine to Our Lady at the top of the church, on the right-hand side, as you're looking at the altar, is a shrine to Our Lady of Good Counsel. The tradition, is, the devotion to Our Lady under, her, under the title of Our Lady of Good Counsel is very much associated with the Augustinians. Originally started uh, from a picture in a city uh, called Genazzano in Italy, which is 25 miles southeast of Rome. And very much then has been under the care of the Augustinians and the, and the devotion has been promoted by quite a number of popes. I'm not even going to call out the list here, John, because it goes on for three quarters of a page. Uh, but I just, uh, but also I said just, just for people, just, uh, just to remind, just let people know that feast day was being celebrated on the 26th of April. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting devotion, of course. Uh, um, and for many people, they would associate it very much with the Augustinian Church in Limerick. So moving on, then we have on Friday we have the feast day of a guy called Saint Asicus of Elphin. He was a married coppersmith and silversmith. He, became, he was a convert. He was a disciple of St. Patrick. Sorry, I should have said very much this is from the Irish calendar. He was the first bishop of the Diocese of Elphin. And later, citing his unworthiness to lead, he retired to live as a prayerful hermit on an island in Donegal Bay. And despite people, his, his monks trying to get him to return, he didn't do so. So he died there in around 490 AD, on Raco uh, it's called Raccoon in Donegal in Ireland. I presume it's one of the islands in Donegal Bay. And his cultus was confirmed by Pope Leo XIII in 1902. So that's what we have on Friday, John. And then finally, on Saturday, we have two, we have two saints just to keep an eye on. The first one is Saint Peter Chanel. Uh, he's honoured as one of the first martyrs of the church in Oceania, and he died in 1841. Now, what does that mean? Oceania is, is, is associated very much with the Pacific, uh, the Pacific Ocean. And then the other saint that we associate, celebrated on the 28th of April, is the feast day of St. Louis-Marie Grignon de Montfort, who, of course, was the priest very much associated with the writings concerning the role of Mary and Mary's role in the mystery of salvation. And he's very much associated, of course, with promoting devotion to the rosary. So he's, uh, his feast day is celebrated on Saturday next week, which is the 28th of April. Now, just to flag it to people, I know it's still a week away, but obviously we're coming to the end of April. So the following week, obviously, we'll be talking, we're looking at, you know, the end of April, uh, the end of the spring, although I, it hasn't been much of a spring in Ireland so far. Uh, we we'll obviously will be looking then, of course, uh, the 30th of April is coming up. 30th of April is coming up, which, of course, is May Eve for those that want to promote the devotion 
and the tradition of uh, using Easter water to bless the crops and the land, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea, although I'm not quite sure if they take much more water. Uh, and of course, secondly, of course, it would also be the time for the erection of May altars for those that wish to keep up that tradition. And we would encourage people to consider it. Simple May altar, a statue of Our Lady and a couple of flowers. And of course, John, next week we will have our tradition of playing uh, the flowers of the rarest, even if we will be a couple of days early. Okay. Shane, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. Just a few notices I'd like to bring to people's attention myself um, at the moment. There is a pilgrimage to Medjugorje, 2018. The Newcastle West Prayer Group is organising a pilgrimage to Medjugorje on the 1st of August to the 8th of August. This is ex-Dublin. The cost is uh, €699, B&B, &B, evening meal. Uh, for further information, you can contact Mary Keating. And Mary can be contacted at 069-60375. Or Paddy Geary, there in Newcastle West, at 069-77595. And I believe part of that pilgrimage will also include um, the youth festival there in Medjugorje, which, which is a beautiful, uplifting event. Also, speaking about pilgrimages, the Diocesan Lourdes Pilgrimage 2018 takes place from the 21st to the 26th of June, direct from Shannon. The Lourdes office is now open for bookings. Office hours from Monday to Friday, 10am to 12.30 and 2pm to 4.30pm. You can contact 061-314-111. That's 061-314-111. That's for the Lourdes Diocesan pilgrimage. Just again, just remind people today, this afternoon, 2.30 to 4.30pm, um, there's intercessory prayer in St. Paul's Church, Dorodile. Just a few things I'd just like to mention to people from Idibotien. One is uh, the Papacy of Reason. Uh, this is our next Saturday at 8 o'clock. Uh, interviews with church leaders, Vatican experts and prominent Catholic journalists and the principal teaching themes of the pontificate of Pope Benedict XVI. Because Pope Benedict XVI, uh, Shane, he had a, a big birthday during the week. Yes, actually, thank you for reminding me. Yes, on Monday, um, Pope Benedict uh, uh, Emeritus, Pope Emeritus Benedict, uh, he celebrated his 90, I'm going to say it was his 91st birthday. Um, mm. Yeah, it does, you know, 91 years old, um, celebrated in traditional Bavarian style, uh, he was being visited by his 94-year-old brother, uh, George. <coughs> or, and um, so they, 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 they had a few beers to celebrate the occasion. Uh, a couple of public photographs have been published. Um, it's, you know, uh, Pope Benedict is actually he's in a wheelchair. Uh, not fully, but he's, he, the walk is, is frail with him. Uh, although the brother looks fairly sprightly for a man of 94 years of age. Um, so, uh, so that was... That was that was on Monday. So uh, we wish a belated happy birthday to the Pope Emeritus, uh, and, and uh, wish him uh, all the best. Thanks, Shane. And of course, speaking about Pope Benedict again on EWTN, uh, following that other program on Saturday next at nine o'clock, Joanne Bogle and Claire Anderson reflect on the life and legacy of Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth as they travel around Rome. Just one more notice I'd just like to bring to people's attention if they would wish to attend. It has been advertised a few times in the Irish Catholic. It is um, a conference, a national conference been organised by the Irish Catholic entitled How to Defend the Faith Without Raising Your Voice. 
How to Defend the Faith Without Raising Your Voice, Helping Catholics Answer Common Criticisms of the Church. Now, that's on in the Red Cow uh, Hotel in Dublin. Registration 9am, conclusion at 3pm. Um, and that's next Saturday. Uh, further details or to book in, you can contact um, the Red Cow or you can phone the bookings through to the Irish Catholic Events section, which is 01 687 4028. The lineup of speakers, very impressive. Um, Aston Ivier, Michael Kelly, Breeder O'Brien, Ronan Mullen, Francis Campbell, Cora Sherlock, and Maria Steen. And again, it's entitled How to Defend the, the, the Faith without raising your voice. Helping Catholics to answer common criticisms of the judge. I certainly try and attend that myself. Now, just before we go for our first bit of music this morning, uh, this being Vocation Sunday, as Shane reminded us, um, this is the Newcastle West Prayer for Vocations that's prayed quite often in the Newcastle West Church. Almighty God, you've called us through baptism to discipleship with your Son, Jesus Christ. And you've sent us to bring good news of salvation to all peoples. We pray that those whom God is calling from our community to serve him in priesthood and religious life may respond with generosity and faith, and that they may receive support, encouragement and spiritual nourishment for the seed of their vocation in their families and in the wider parish community. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. Just remind people again, please stay with us in part two, where Father Chris O'Donnell um, shares with us his thoughts on vocation. Of course, that was first broadcast on the 29th of April 2012. But in the meantime, um, we'll go for our first bit of music here. And this one is by the Maranatha Singers. And this one is entitled Worship Song. So let's hear this. Oh, 
So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Healy. Uh, Lorraine Buckley is still here with me in studio. And this morning, because it's Vocation Sunday, we said we'd try and get a reflection for us all to uh, maybe bring to our minds what Vocation Sunday is all about and what vocations are all about. I know it covers a, a whole range of of uh, ideas. But uh, delighted to welcome to the studio uh, Father Chris O'Donnell from the Pastoral Centre in Newcastle uh, in Limerick. Good morning, Father. Good morning, John. How are you doing? And good morning, Lorraine. Good morning, Father Chris. How are you? Not too bad at all, thanks. Good. Run off your feet at this stage, I'd say. Oh, well, no, sure. Keep me quiet. So it does. <laughs> Not about it to you anyway, Father. Father, this morning, uh, we, we just said we'd uh, like to give the listeners a little bit of an insight into vocations, what it's all about. Now, I know it covers the traditional way it used to be. People were thinking about vocations to the priesthood and, and religious life and so on and so forth. But I'm sure vocations covers a whole gambit of ways in which the Holy Spirit calls us all to serve God. Could, could you start us off, Father, maybe, on your own reflections on it? Well, I suppose just pretty much to back up what you said, vocation, it's, it's a, a word that covers an awful, awful lot. Like it, even the Latin vocare, it comes from a Latin word vocare, which means to call, to be called. Mm-hmm. And that sense that every single one of us in the church are called. You mm-hmm. know, we're all called. Uh, unfortunately, I suppose... There was a tendency to to view vocation as something to do with priests and nuns and religious. Mm-hmm. That was an awful sad thing in many ways because really the priests and nuns and religious, we only make up 1% of the church. And if we view vocation as that, it's like only 1% of people are called. The reality is uh, vocation is for everyone. Every single one of us is called in some way. And that call, like any call, it prompts in us uh, a, a response. Or, you know, like any call in life, we're, we're to called to try and respond. So it's something I suppose we'll spend our lives trying to wrestle with and see what God wants of us. It's basically ingrained in, in the belief that every single one of us is here for a reason. And we may spend our lives trying to unravel that and find that and wrestle with it, but that every single one of us have a purpose and that we were created out of love and we were created to love in a, in, in a very special way, in a way that no one else quite can do it because nobody else has been exactly like us before. So ultimately, the call really is to love. And it's not so much sometimes about what we do, it's who we are. Mm-hmm. And to be grow grow as best we can and into seeing if we can become more of a loving person every day. So whether we do that as a mother, or as a father, or as a student, as a, a granny or a granddad, or a, a priest or a doctor or a nurse or a, a barman, it, it, that's kind of really our response yeah. to a call. Mm-hmm. So it's responding to something that's within us. Uh, that's a gift or that's a call and trying to make sense of that after and, and that's not always easy either but ultimately it's a call to love and and that's what we're, we're to try and do as best we can to be people of love. I, I love that um, that little line from Pope Benedict's inauguration speech and he said that every person is willed, every person is loved and every person is necessary and it's kind of tapping into that idea Father Grace, isn't it? Yeah, oh, totally. It's a sense, and it's it's important for us because I suppose we live at a time when we're all struggling to find meaning and purpose at stages in our lives and to know that actually, like you say, everyone is willed and necessary. Mm. 
we're here for a reason, a very uh, personal and specific reason, and that only we can, that there's a certain amount or a specific type of love that only we can give and bring to the world, and that's our goal. And somehow in, in, in listening to that call, in finding that call, in trying to see where it's leading us, somehow in the midst of that, we will find our true self, and our true self ultimately will be our best self. And in that, hopefully, there will be fulfillment. It won't come without cost and struggle and all that goes with it. But ultimately, somewhere in the midst of searching for what it is uh, we're here for will be our sense of fulfillment and meaning and purpose and love, hopefully. And you did mention struggle there, Father, you know, and I suppose it's a constant struggle throughout life trying to find out what does God want me to do with my life now? With I struggle with that fairly regularly, <laughs> and I, I suppose I, one of the things I, I, the Pope has issued a message for the it's the forty ninth forty ninth World Day of Prayer for Vocations today, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and and in that he talks about various things, and I read it and I kind of smile because there's so much of it that's so true, mm-hmm. and obviously mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking the Pope, it's it's very, it's very true and very good, but. Uh, so much then that I kind of go, look, that wasn't me. Like, mm-hmm. for me, there was a massive wrestling, a massive resistance, a massive struggle. It makes no sense. It made no sense. It still makes no sense. And it's going to be an ongoing struggle and an ongoing wrestling and an ongoing... But that's call. Call isn't a, a once-off thing. It's an everyday thing. Uh, and it's not just about what we do in life. It's about how we live every minute of every day as well. Mm-hmm. So for me definitely it takes you by surprise it brings you places where you wouldn't want to go and if anyone had mentioned to me that I'd be on the radio talking about vocation I would have laughed at them at one stage in my <laughs> life you know so it's definitely can be a struggle and can, it's and a mystery as well as everything else you know? yeah and I'd say we can't do it by ourselves father you know I mean prayer was obviously former a big part in it, in that struggle. It, it, it does, it does, and it mightn't be our prayer. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd be very conscious, because I, I suppose just in reading what the Pope said, he was saying about, yeah, that a person who's trying to find their way, you know, it's their prayer. But it definitely wasn't uh, my prayer. I, I was a person of prayer, but not as as I yeah. like to be now. But other people's prayer, uh, and then ultimately... A vocation, in my sense now, can only be sustained and nourished by prayer. But just on, I remember St. Joseph's Young Priest Society in the diocese are very strong, trying to support and pray for vocations. And every time, I, uh, you know, you'd be greeted or meeted, met by them, they'd say, you know, we're praying for you, you know. And that was lovely, but there was always a side of me going, stop praying, <laughs> please. Because if you could stop praying, maybe it'll be easier for me to run to the hills, which really I wanted to do for 90% of the time, you know. Yeah. And speaking about St. Joseph Young Priest Society, of course, every year they they, they put on a, a beautiful... Um, a prayer service there in uh, Raheen, isn't that right? They do indeed, yes. So right. That would have happened yesterday, like, of course. So, yeah. uh, so obviously uh, for the people who would have uh, gone to that, they said they would have witnessed um, St. Joseph Young Peace Society in action, where really they do pray there. I mean, there's lots of meetings going on in various parishes to pray for vocations to the, you know, to the priesthood and help out those those guys who maybe, whose parents find it, find it a struggle financially uh, as well as 
spiritually as well as you said yourself. And of course, I suppose these days, whereas in previous sort of generations, there was lots of people um, following maybe the advice of their mothers and maybe being pushed by their mothers into priesthood, religious life. That doesn't happen these days. I, I, from from what I believe, vocations um, or people usually present themselves uh, much later on in life. Is that right? Well, it is. It, that seems to be the trend at the moment as well, that... Uh, People present themselves maybe after being working for a while or being mm. out in the world for a while and things like that. I, I don't know, does it mean it's any better? It's not a call, is a call whether it's responded to at 18 or whether it's responded to at 80. But yeah, the profile of those who are responding to the call to priesthood anyway, it's definitely uh, people who've worked for a while and going in with that life experience. Now, people will say to me, God, yes, yeah, so much better. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'm slow to say that because that's almost like dismissing that an 18-year-old can't mm-hmm. be kind of totally inside what he's called. Like I would have mm-hmm. been in college uh, amazed by the younger lads going, fair juice to them, you know. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think like everything in life, vocation and love, we're not all ready for it at the same times, you know. So while it does seem to be happening older and older for fellas, it doesn't mean that someone who's 18 mightn't feel that, look, I have to do this and I have to do it now because it's in me now. So Mm -hmm. it's a whole mixture of things. I guess that's the same as the person, you know, who grows up and knows from the age of eight what they want to be. And they're settled and they're, you know, that's what they want to be and it's who they want to be. And yet you still have some people, like myself, who's in their mid-30s kind of struggling and still wondering who yeah. and what they're going to be. And I, like, I think both are so equally valid. Like, mm. we, you, look, you, you, know, you tend to look a little and envy on those. Because I know, for example, I've chatted to a lot of students who are starting their leaving cert in a couple of weeks and they're saying to me, I, I don't know what I want to do. Mm. Mm. And you're going, that's so natural. I says, most of us as adults still don't know what <laughs> exactly. we want to do. <laughs> and we're in things. Uh, but not to let it weigh you down. And I said, I know it must be hard because you have sisters and brothers who knew what they wanted to do from the moment they could talk. Mm. So we're all so different. But equally like that, it keeps evolving. And there's something very honest about being able to say, look, I'm, I'm, you know, at whatever age, and I'm still not sure I'm in what I'm meant to be in. Mm. So it's good to be open to that. And I think that's the plus of our society now. Before, if you started as as a, a nurse or a, uh, an engineer or whatever it was, you kind of, that was it, you finished out as that. Whereas now we're a lot more open to the fact that people, you know, can find their way in different paths and that's healthy, really. You know? mm-hmm. And I suppose as well you would have callings within callings. Exactly. Like, you know, you might be called to the priesthood and then you might be called to a particular ministry within the priesthood. Oh, I, and like, and even ways of being a priest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe you're called to the orders where you, you live in community, maybe you're called to diocesan. It's like every calling, there'll be kind of nuances that are specific for yourself. But unfortunately, I suppose, in the midst of what we do sometimes, we're too busy to know that we're being prodded and nudged mm-hmm. and cajoled to a certain way because we're caught up with the work and there's not as much time or silence for us to actually listen to the call anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. If you had somebody who came to you this morning, Father Chris, and was kind of wondering, is God calling me to whatever particular vocation it might be? What advice would you give them? 
run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Castle Troy College there on on Monday, and they asked the same question, and and like I joke about run for the hills. Yeah. Like it's like if if I'd see myself, well, I'm not, but I'd see myself as a parent would see a child coming mm-hmm. to them, their youngster. Mm-hmm. So here's someone coming that you know and you love, and they're saying to you, "I want to do what you do." And if you're a parent that's kind of working in a profession that you know is, God, it's not an easy profession, or, oh, my mm. God, this will stretch them more than, than they know. So you will obviously tell, you know, advise your youngster, you know, think about it. It's, it's tough, it's hard, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. So I must admit, in light of how the church is now and, mm. and how few priests there are and things like that, uh, the, the structure to which anyone is coming into uh, uh, with their vocation, you know it's going to stretch them more than you'd like it to. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's not, not going to be easy. You know they're going to face challenges and all that. But the bigger thing is, that's all there. If someone is called, you have to honor that call. Mm-hmm. And that's my goal no matter what. If someone presents, you, you say, you know, there may be something in this. It may make no sense to you, but you may not find fulfillment. You may not find peace. You may not find your true self until you follow this call, until you honor this call. So even though I may have many, many fears and anxieties for the person who presents themselves, and in many ways I wish that, you know, they could be spared possibly what could be difficult, equally I know if God is calling this person, we have to respond and we have to encourage and we have to support and sustain and kind of give them as much support and encouragement as we can because you cannot but honor the fact that they are being called. And if someone presents themselves, they've probably wrestled with it for long enough so they are to be welcomed and to be congratulated, really, that in the midst of all that's going on, they've been able to soul search and realize there's something stirring in me that's directing me this path. And my big thing is, yes, there'd be fears and anxieties, but you respond to that call and you cherish it, you know. Absolutely. And I love that idea, you know, that it's it's in whatever vocation we may be called to that we find our true and best self, because that is why God created us. Yeah. And that can be the struggle. Like, mm. you know, uh, I suppose there's this we all want to be happy, mm-hmm. you know, mm. everyone. That's all we want. And it's a beautiful wish to wish for someone, you know, to go, God, I hope they can be happy. Mm. And it's it's there's something profound about it. But equally, I know when I was struggling and still struggle, will constantly struggle with this. And that's a healthy way to view it, I suppose. But uh, people would go, look, as long as you're happy and you're in the midst of that struggle going, but I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Am mm. I happy? Where is happiness for me? Is happiness actually what this is about? And ultimately, happiness, I suppose, is is, is something that's caused. It comes from outside ourselves, whereas it's more joy, uh, mm. which is uncaused, a bit like peace. It's something that's within us, that's uncaused, that nothing outside us causes but we actually have within ourselves so it's somehow trying to connect up with something in us the the truest part of ourselves where there is joy or there is peace 
and where we, we find our, our true self. But that, again, can be a journey that brings us many paths and many struggles because it's not black and white and we don't get any real replies from God, you know. Mm-hmm. Many tangible ones. I remember in Maynooth, uh, we had a lovely professor and I spent my time struggling going, is this for me or not? And, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But he talked about the beauty of Mary being called by the angel Gabriel, you know, to give mm-hmm. birth. And then, the, but I said, yeah, but the angel gave her a sign, you know. Yeah. The angel said, your cousin Elizabeth is, is going to have a son. And uh, then obviously Mary met Elizabeth and Elizabeth was going to have a child. So she knew, okay, this is authentic. This is real. And I says, we don't get signs. <laughs> I, w- I want something in writing. <laughs> I want a text message. Yeah, I want that voice. <laughs> and like friends used to say, so you got the call. I know. And they had this magical sense <laughs> that somehow, some way, there was this moment in my life when a shaft of light <laughs> just shone down on me. And a voice said, Chris, I want you. And, and so it was that straightforward and that mm-hmm. clear and, and that powerful. And yet what people don't know is a call is something that's so delicate and so quiet and and something that you can't make sense of. It's a niggling doubt. It's a gnawing in our, our lives that draws us towards something. So to be honest, we'll never make sense of it. But you just try and hope people will be able to find space in their lives to see is there something in particular I'm drawn to or I'm called to in the hope that that's where they'll find their true self you know Father thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning and uh, and really giving us all that little bit of hope that there is struggle the struggle for all of us and, and it doesn't stop I don't know if that is source of hope or did, would that drive you to despair. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but I think it's go. more real, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, that that in life it's not ever going to be plain sailing, but hopefully we'll find enough peace in what we do mm-hmm. to keep going at what maybe we're meant to be doing. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I think, as you said, I think it's more honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and the last thing I, I would definitely not be true to myself, and 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 the constant wrestling and soul searching I do to present it any other way, but and yet at the same time to say, yeah, there is something magical in in that we're all called and we're all called to love, love God, love neighbour, and somehow in doing all that, we will find our, our truest and our best self. Please God. Father Chris. Thank you very much. No bothers, no bothers. Thank we, you. We, we might just go out now with a piece of music. Uh, I did. Uh, it's it's from the Year of Vocation song. Um, it was uh, composed by Mary Dunn, sung by Patricia Burke, and it's entitled You'll Be My Witnesses. Again, thanks, Father. God bless you. Thanks very much.
Welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is Jan Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. Uh, we hope you enjoy that reflection by Father Chris O'Donnell. And also that, that was followed by that beautiful piece of music again from the Year of Vocation song, You'll Be My Witnesses, and that was sung by Patricia Brock. So now we come to the part where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, I'll invite Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, humbly, and attentively. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed or our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today is taken again from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11 to 18. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd is one who lays down his life for his sheep. The hired man, since he is not the shepherd, and the sheep do not belong to him, abandons the sheep and runs away, as soon as he sees a wolf coming. And then the wolf attacks and scatters the sheep. This is because he is only a hired man and has no concern for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for my sheep. And there are other sheep I have. that are not of this fold. And these I have to lead as well. They too will listen to my voice. And there will be only one flock and one shepherd. The Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down at my own free will. And as it is in my power to lay it down, so is it in my power to take it up again. This is the command I have been given by my Father. So that's the Gospel for today, Vocation Sunday. Good Shepherd Sunday. Uh, Shane, would you like to start it off with a reflection, please? Okay, John. Um, as you said, today is Good Shepherd Sunday. And the reason it's called Good Shepherd Sunday and it's associated very much uh, with, with, with uh, the Vocation Sunday is because of this particular Gospel. Um, so it was the Gospel that determined the day rather than the day determining the Gospel. But uh, what we have here is we, we have a slight break in the Easter narratives from all of the Gospels, and we have a discourse which is given to us from St. John's Gospel, and it's chapter 10 of John's Gospel. Now, when I was reading up on this the last couple of days, I was reading that this is the only parable in the Gospel of John. Now, that I need to double-check. I didn't get a chance to double-check it, but there's the, the writer that I was reading said this was the only parable in John's Gospel. And it's it's a very iconic image, the Good Shepherd, Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Uh, it's one of the most ancient we have in the church, actually. Uh, the image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd is very much actually an, uh, an image you will find on the catacombs of Rome, uh, the catacombs of St. Scholastus and St. Callistus. And the idea of the, the man carrying the sheep on his shoulders is very much associated with uh, with Jesus. And of course... It can be it can be a very um, comforting image, I suppose. But I suppose the other challenge of it is in this day and age, when so many people, particularly in the Western world, actually live in an urban context, uh, it's also uh, an image maybe that some people might have difficulty associating with, which is okay. Um, but I suppose if we look to the text and what exactly I suppose is Jesus trying to say to us. And it's that, you know, we, we have that first great expression, of course, which we, we need to unpack, which is the I am. And, of course, here we have, you know, it's, it's one of the definitive statements, Jesus telling us who he is, but also very much echoing the, 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 the words from Exodus. You know, the, when Moses encounters God on, on, on Sinai and asks who he is and the response is, I am. So it's that identification with the divine, identification with Jesus' Father, and very much stressing that link that comes out of John's Gospel where Jesus has that relationship with his Father in heaven. Um, they, you know, the, the, the idea then, of course, that we move on to the Good Shepherd is one who lays down his life for his sheep. And of course, this discourse is before the whole journey to Jerusalem. So of course, Jesus is telling us what is going to happen, what he is going to do. And it is that reminder to us, I suppose, that this is what, what he is and why he does it. Because he is the shepherd. He is the one that has this special relationship with us, with you, with me. And he has laid down his life for us, for you and for me. And it, the idea being, of course, that you know, he's not the hired help. Because no matter how much you pay the hired help, they are the hired help. 
and they will not have that intimate relationship uh, with with the sheep, you know, in, in in that regard. Or it's you know, it's 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 like something you know, it's like it's like a you know, it's something that each of us has a passion about. You know, you are passionate about things that you love, and that you will do anything for. You know, and we talk. You know, the most obvious example there is our families. Um, but Jesus is is using the idea of the of the sheep. Uh, in, in that regard, and the whole idea of you know defense of the sheep in terms of the what the attacks of the wolf and so on and so forth, um, you know. And then of course we move on to that second part of the gospel, which is again we have that echoing of I am the good shepherd, my own know me, and I my I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and that whole idea of this intrinsic, beautiful, interconnected relationship. In terms of God, of between Jesus and His Father, and between us and Jesus, and it's that whole relationship I think which we need to think about and focus on this Sunday in terms of getting to know Jesus, and it echoes very much the themes of Pope Benedict and Pope Francis that you know Christianity isn't a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's supposed to be a personal encounter with the person of Jesus, and that's one of the things I suppose that we link it in with with the overall celebration of Easter. That why we celebrate as Christians is because of the resurrection of Christ. And we need to know who Christ is so that we can truly understand and appreciate what it means to be a Christian and the response that that calls each of us to. And that experiencing, that delving into relationship, we have to ask ourselves, well, what does that mean? You know, we're not talking, well, perhaps, you know, like the, the whole thing of, you know, uh, the, the tradition in the evangelical of being born again to Christ. That, that and like having a personal relationship with Christ as Savior and Redeemer. In Catholic language, that makes us a bit uncomfortable. What's that talking about? But it's that idea of having space and openness to Christ, which means prayer and silence and reflecting on his word, which means reading scripture. You know, we're not talking about you know, rocket science here and getting to know somebody. In terms of building our relationship with Christ, that's, that's what we're talking about and making a time and opportunity and space for us to be able to do that. The other part, of course, that comes out of that whole uh, section about the shepherd and knowing his sheep and the sheep knowing him is the fact that there is the openness to others in that is built in there. You know, there are others, sheep, that have listened to his voice that will become part of the greater flock, the greater family that Jesus looks after. And it's that reminder to us that while Christianity understands and believes that the ultimate fulfillment and manifestation of God's love to us is in Jesus Christ, those who have faith and have no faith are not excluded from being part of Jesus' family, being called to hear his voice. And each of us in our own ways in life have to be open to that little still voice speaking within us. And then finally, I suppose, is that reminder which links it back into the whole Eastertide and what it means and why we're hearing this gospel this Sunday is the Father loves me because I laid down my life in order to take it up again. And of course, that is what we are celebrating in this Easter tide, the great joy and, and celebration of the resurrection. And of course, the whole thing linking it in with the Easter proclamation is, of course, that over the next two weeks, we're going to be listening to the gospel accounts of Jesus commissioning the apostles, commissioning us to go out and share that good news and what we're listening to today is one of the, you know, the, his reasoning as to why, because he is the good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. So, John, that was a few thoughts on this Sunday's Gospel. Miss Shane, thank you so much for that. Um, it's just about the end of the programme, but I'd just like to share just one little thought uh, that came to me this week. Um, that part of the Gospel where it says, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my own and my own know me. And maybe we should just ask ourselves this week, do we know who our shepherd is? Do we know who our good shepherd is? There's lots of shepherds out there these days who are trying to ask us to do uh, and think different ways and so on and so forth. It's part of the modern world and so on and so forth. I would just ask people just to keep in mind, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Let's listen to him. So at this point of the programme now, we've just come to the end. Thanks a lot to Shane for joining me and helping me produce the programme this morning. It was nice again to take advantage again of listening to Father Chris. There's no doubt about it, and I hope people will take some thoughts from that and some encouragement from that. In the meantime, we'll go out with our final bit of music, and this is from John Michael Talbot. And of course, this is entitled, I Am The Good Shepherd. So to next week, for myself and Shane, God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. Good Shepherd, you are my people. I am the Good Shepherd, and I call you by name. And I will lead you out into pastures of plenty. Shepherd, I am the way. I am your shepherd, you shall want for nothing. In burdened pastures, I will give you As a shepherd I lead you I guide you in right paths Refreshing your Sacred Space.